This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, welcome to the MK1 podcast, your audio hub for everything, Milton Keynes Dons. Well, it's nice to be back on the podcast. It feels like I've been part of a Scottish football TV coverage at the moment, but he got on radios and we've been doing articles for a week regarding Matt O'Reilly leaving, which uh, now it's confirmed. We'll talk about a lot more later in this episode, but yeah, it's good to be back talking about Milton Keynes solely for once. Uh, gents, how are we doing? Ross, covering trip back from Burton last night? Yeah, I think the buzz is just about worn off um, from the last minute uh, goal. But yeah, I'm doing well. Thanks, mate. Good to hear. Good to hear. How about you, Joe? Yeah, although I am still feeling uh, the after effects of mine and Ross's celebratory sheesh kebab. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Yeah, I saw you a few times on the iPod coverage. Yeah, yellow jacket's hard to miss, to be fair. <laughs> it's where it's a warm jacket. So there we go. <laughs> Yes, yeah, well, I'll say we'll definitely chat about that win last night against Burton. Uh, of course, the Doncaster game that happened before that. Um, while, we're also, while we're so good away from home compared to home, um, well, that a bit weirdly, but yeah. And also a bit of transfer news. And then, of course, our wicked preview ahead of the big game on Saturday. But we have to start with Doncaster. Uh, one 0 defeat at home. Um, I've kind of... It's a good job we had a game against Burton on Tuesday. I think if we had this this game solely this week, I would have been a bit more reactive, a bit more differently to it. Um, it was just one of those games. Uh, obviously, we we said in the podcast that we had to put this game away in the first 30 to 40 minutes, and otherwise we're going to pay for it. And literally, when we tweeted out, actually, I think it was the 41st minute, uh, Joe Dodu puts it in the bottom corner where no one else really did anything about it. Uh, it makes it one of Doncaster. And bear in mind, we had loads of chances before that. Of course, we had a we have had a penalty where I think it was Charlie Seaman literally sticks his arm out and hits in the middle of his arm and ref to give penalty for it, which is a ridiculous decision. Um, plenty of chances after that also. Just couldn't find a goal. Um and yeah, it was it was a frustrating performance to watch. Um, of course, one of one of our few defeats at home this season, really. We've only lost to I think it was just Sunderland and Rotherham um before that in terms of home. So that it shows you that at home we're a really strong team. 
Um, you know, we lucid the best of the best. So to lose to Doncaster again, it's just disappointing, but I think it'd be harsh to say we didn't deserve to at least get a point from that game alone from that penalty we should have had. Um, but yeah, it, it's one of those days, one of those days for me. Um, Ross, I don't know if anything else to add to it. No, I completely agree with you, Liam. I think, um, as you mentioned, we just, we just, the intensity wasn't there in the first 15 minutes. I felt, um, it was quite similar to Burton. We knew exactly how they were going to field and, um, we should have got straight at them from the get go. And, um, I believe it was Mo's header. Um, I think it was at the end of the half. Um, he should have put away. Um, and you, you probably can argue saying um, he should be scoring them chances. But um, at the end of the day, yes, we created chances, but I don't feel like they were really challenging enough in terms of um, the goalkeeper. Um, but again, we, we, we were passing the ball around. But I don't feel like the... Um, we're, we're doing it with any intensity or tempo to our game. Um, and at times, we're passing it for the sake of it. And um, Doncaster, they, again, they're happy to sit back, just like other teams are this season. And it's been a common theme of us struggling to break down teams. And um, we just lack that moment of quality, maybe. But if we're looking in terms of the stats, we, we battered them. Um, 25 shots, seven on target. And... Um, if you look, especially at Doncaster, they created 13 fouls. And I know, um, I believe it was Manning, he said um, just after the Burton game, um, he said about discipline. And um, I did see signs of frustration at the weekend and uh, it played into Doncaster's hands. And uh, unfortunately, yeah, it's three points dropped. But as you say, Liam, um, I think yesterday's result, or Burton's result, sorry, um, puts a little glimmer on things. Yeah, the stats the stats show that yeah we controlled the game, but I think ultimately it was well it felt like to me it was all bark but no bite, and yeah the, the ice of chance was a glaring one. I think you know if he put Sawai, he really should have to be honest. It, it it's a whole different narrative on that football match. We probably control it from there on in. Doncaster weren't really doing much um, going forward, and you know we take three points and you know we're looking pretty rosy uh, compared to where. Well, we were at the time on Saturday at five o'clock. Um, obviously, Joe, what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I thought it's weird on Doncaster because, like you say, it, at times it was lethargic and at times it was a bit, yeah. But we had more chances than them. They scored against the run of play. You know, we didn't batter them, but we had 25 shots. Seven of them were on target. So it wasn't as if, you know, we were just having pot shots all the time. 16 of the shots were for actually inside the box. So, you know, you'd like to think that with the quality in our team that that, that should be enough. But it just, it was just, it really was one of them days. And, you know, because we, we've had games where we've gone to Morecambe, for instance, had 12 shots and scored four goals. Now, you know, a probably, I'd argue, a better performance than that game. Um, conceded hardly any chances. I mean, the shot... I mean, the defending for the goal, it's not great. But at the end of the day, you're limiting an opponent to a shot pretty much on the edge of the box. So you kind of back the keeper to get it. But you know what? Good finish. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, we did, we did. The first half was definitely better than the second half. I thought the second half was actually quite disappointing in how we went about it. But it's not the end of the world. We, at the end of the day, if you have games where you have 25 shots to seven, I dare say you're going to win more than half of those games. So 
you know, I think it's just one of them where, okay, we weren't quite inventive. The quality maybe wasn't quite there. Maybe the patience wasn't there. And we maybe got a bit frustrated, as Ross said. But if, if you just keep um, putting in those sorts of numbers, you will win more than you lose. Yeah, 100%. And of course, it's good to remember that Jamie and Kevin also saved the one-on-one. We could have made it 2-0 um, late on in that second half. So, you know, it could have looked even worse for us. Um, it, it feels hard to not transition straight into the Burton game because a lot of the points I feel like we're going to make about the Doncaster game, we can make about the Burton game and how we fixed them. Um, but of course, if you didn't know, we beat Burton 1-0. Uh, Scott Twine... Actually, a bit of magic in the 95th minute on the half volley, thanks to Colin Wickham's knockdown, which some people say was a high foot, which is ridiculous. Um, overall, I felt I think one of the key things to me was seeing the, the Kekron and Coventry partnership. I was in that Doncaster game, they're both trying to do the same thing, really. Traditionally, they both are like, like sixes on the pivot, they're not really meant to be progressing the football too much. Now, initially, I did think Coventry could do this. Um, but of course, he must have had what maybe one or two training sessions prior to that game on Saturday against Doncaster. And I think you could tell he was still trying to find his feet a bit, and he's he's making the safe passes, but not really doing too much of it, not really showing too much bravery. Um, but of course, the big change in the Burton game was that Coventry was the sole pivot. And then we saw McKechnie be a bit more advanced and play those braver passes, quote unquote. And um, you know, we saw we saw the plaudits that last night, didn't we, Ross? In terms of that McKechnie. You know, had a really, really good performance. I believe best of the season, and Coventry was just, was steady also. I think on uh, Josh McEachern, um, I think it was just a case of getting a run of games. I know, um, I think he was in a scenario where we couldn't really jack, drop Matt O'Reilly, um, Ethan Robson. He came in and the performances he, he put in in them two games just just before he left. Um, I think it was AFC and Pompey. Um, they were out outstanding performances so it wasn't any fault of Josh's but um, re- like uh, yesterday I think it was um, the way he was um, calming the whole whole team down it was incredible and um, he was oozing class at the right times in the tight spaces um, and he was di- distributing the, the ball um, so well also um, but Con- Connor Coventry I felt he wasn't doing anything special but um, he was ticking us along in the midfield. And I think a player like that goes underrated slightly um, because he's, you've got quality around him. And um, I think Connor Commentary will get better um, the more games he plays. And you can see that there's talent there. Um, but I think going forward, um, obviously, I'd like another number in the midfield, um, but we'll see. Um, but on a whole, yeah, them two were outstanding yesterday. Yeah, I imagine you'll get your wish on the number of midfield, Ross, by, well, hopefully by Saturday. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Um, but, Joe, your, your thoughts on the on the Coventry McKechnie partnership and how it sort of transitioned from Donny to Burton? Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> you, you mentioned about McKechnie's best performance of the season. I'm not sure I remember an individual player having a real performance to that high quality. I mean, probably say Twine. I think he did score a hat-trick up Fleetwood. But, you know, yeah. I think just in terms of actually, you know, that, that was three amazing moments from Twine. But what this was, was it was constant and it was absolute pure quality. And it was, you know, it was an absolute, yeah, like I say, it was constant for 90 minutes. He, um, 
just some of these numbers that he had were absolutely ridiculous. And he completed 19 out of 24 long balls. And that's not lumping it. That's you know, switching play. And like I say, that's one, one thing that we actually lacked a bit um, against Doncaster was maybe just moving the ball a bit, little bit quicker. So having Coventry there almost, um, almost was, he was sort of just, just allowing McEachran to venture forward that little bit more. And Coventry, I think he's, he strikes me as a player that does all the basics good and just he's just quite a nice, well-rounded player. Um, I think he'll have a um, he'll, he'll have a, a period where he'll start to get his bit more confidence, as Ross said, and, and grow into the team a bit more. But yeah, really, really good signs from Coventry, and yeah, just almost releasing McEachran, and I think that was the key, just moving the ball faster. And when it did go out wide, um, the only criticism I'd have from Theo and Troy was, you know, maybe try, try that early ball because by the time we put a lot of the crosses in in the first half, which, you know, was looking a bit like deja vu, you know, the, Burton had already got seven or eight men into the box. And at that point, we were committing maybe two or three into the box. So, you know, it's going to, you, you know, exactly what's going to happen at that point. And we're not going to, you know, it's just almost sort of right, yeah, move on. Get, try and get the second ball. Um, so yeah, McEachran, I think he just enabled everyone else to have the spaces. The amount of times Theo and Troy were running into space because Josh McEachran had cleverly just, you know, not not waiting, not trying to build it up, just playing balls through to them straight away. And yeah, he lost a few, but there was more that came off than didn't. And that ball up to Wickham for the goal was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that type of pass kind of they showed the bravery and persistence of McEachran that day. I mean, you know, I just mentioned, mentioned the passing stats there, that the freaky passes also, I think it's 106 touches of football in general, like, and that's, that's quite high for McEachran, it's usually not that high for him. So yeah, I think, I think it, from that point of view, Ross, it kind of just shows that no matter the position the team are at, in, no matter what type of the game also, they'll stick to the way they want to play and, and you know, and I suppose it helps on Tuesday night that we saw them create really good chances. They probably, or we definitely should have scored already. But yeah, it shows that they're going to stick to that way and not really change too much. Yeah, it shows that, but it also shows that he, he sh- he's got a bit of quality. Um, yeah. A lot of good players um, at the Championship can play anywhere in that midfield. And Josh McEachran, I'm not saying he, he's going to be that player we rely on, but if we do need something else, he's got it in his locker. And that's, that's pleasing to see. Um, because of obviously against Burton, I, I know I was in the stands, I was frustrated and I was seeing the same thing what I was seeing against Doncaster. Yes, the performance was a lot better, but breaking, breaking down teams, sitting deep, it was just so frustrating to watch because I know what we can do against open teams. For example, Pompey, we hurt teams on the counter-attack, easy as you like. But um, against deep blocks, yeah, Josh McEachran, he adapted to it and uh, it suited his game really. Yeah, and another player who, you know, games it suited quite nicely was the match with um, Scott Twine. Um, I feel those those type of games and to be fair, that that formation, you know, for a fact, you know, it's basically Twine's medicine. To, uh, you say it was obviously it wasn't his best performance of the season, but I think Twine is one of the players that just puts in eights and nines every week and don't really get anything less from him. Of course, you know, he scores a screamer and he get he gets, you know, a lot of hugs at heart full time from all the lads who are in the game and Push them, you know, closer up to the, t- uh, to the teams above them and securing the playoff spot even more. But I felt in general yesterday he just 
the game just suited him to a tier. And um, of course, it allowed like he, he attracted the attention of these midfielders. So Theo and Troy could do their bits. And of course, Theo had a really good game. Um, so yeah, Joe, I mean, again, it's, it's, it's pretty much a standard performance from Twine, but of course he gets a screamer at the end and, uh, you know, he puts in a pretty good performance overall. Yeah, I think um, what, what what the four two three one allows him to do is, you know, he's that guy in the middle, but he always just, he, you know, he did drift off to the left a little bit and sometimes, you know, help create the overloads with Troy Parrott and all the vice versa with, with Theo. And he, he wasn't actually that shot, you know, shooting that much. He only had, I think he had that free kick he had and then he had a shot blocked and then the goal. So he wasn't, you know, absolutely spraying the ball. But I think one, a couple of really good things we saw from him were just how patient he was and how he, a lot of the time he'd wait, he'd wait, he'd wait, then he'd play the ball out wide. And, you know, Theo and Troy in the first half, especially were getting so much time on the ball, so much joy, so much space. So, yeah, you know, it was almost, we saw the more creative Scott Twine, I think, and, you know, the better Scott Twine in build-up. And I think that's what contributed to us having, I think, 15 shots in the first half, something or, or something along those lines. So, yeah. And then, I mean, the goal is just pure quality, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we, it's, me and Ross were just saying it's such a shame it was at the other end of where the fans were because, uh, yeah, that that would have been pretty pretty special down our end. Oh, of course, yeah. I said, uh, yeah, we travelled really well last night, to be fair. And, yeah, I think I think that, you know, creativity side of things, four key passes overall. Um, yeah, really, really good performance from him. Thoughts on the the four two three one in general? Obviously, it, it could be a formation we only see temporarily. Um, of course, Harry Darling is currently out of the team. You know, he could come back soon. Um, I've I've quite enjoyed seeing it. To be fair, I'm not too sure what my thoughts on. I think I preferred what I saw at Burton because uh, for me, I, I I quite like Twine in the middle. I, I think he was operating a bit more on the wing against Doncaster and. For me, I wasn't a fan of that. I quite like Twine in, in the middle of the park, you know, doing what he does best, to be fair, and, and in a similar role to the, the 3 4, a 2 1 or 1 2 that we played previously. I'm just, I'll be, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the, the 4 2 3 1, Ross, in terms of what you've seen from the two games so far. Um, 4 2 3 1, I, I really enjoyed seeing it, but is there an element of um, due to the opposition we've faced? Um, we're creating so many chances due to the opposition not really doing much. They're not well. I say Burton press. They pressed us to a degree, and then um, especially in that first half, they just let they just dropped off. They didn't they, they didn't care. Um, but it does suit certain players like Troy Parrott. I believe he had his best game in the Don shirt so far um, against Burton. Um, I believe he hit the post, and yeah, he had really um, a lot of joy down at um, left hand side or right hand side or whatever you want to call it. Um, um, but on, obviously, on the other hand. I do prefer the three at the back because obviously we've got a lot more space in the middle of the park um, and we can utilise the wingers if wing backs if we have to. So um, there's pros and cons to obviously both formations, but um, I think I think uh, Manning will go stick with his guns with a four-two-three-one due to the performance against Burton. Is that just for Saturday or is that going forward? Uh, I, I think it would just be for Saturday if Harry Darling isn't fit. Fair enough, fair enough. Joe, what, what are your thoughts on 4-2-3-1? I think it's good to have different formations in your arsenal. I think um, there was I was listening to uh, the Not The Top 20 podcast um, 
they do cover the FA, and they were saying about um, how the Newport manager uh, actually came out in, in the press conference and was saying why they use a 4 2 3 1 and why they use a 3 5 2. And one of the things he was saying was 4 2 3 1 they tend to use when teams are playing a low block. Whereas a 3-5-2, if a team's pressing them really high, it just gives them more options playing out from the back. So, you know, as a team also that likes to play out from the back, you know, if you're going to be pressed, you'd rather have two teammates either side of you than be, you know, four at the back formation and potentially be shooting, you know, pigeonholed into a corner and um, all of a sudden you're screwed, basically. So, yeah, I think it's really interesting and I'm sure... Now we've maybe tried it. Maybe Liam Manning seems see certain games where, you know, what the four two three one might be the best option. Um, I still think that three five two is something that that um, he, he wants to stick stick with. But then again, if we're putting in good performances, why change really? Yeah, yeah, completely agree. And it's um, it's interesting to see. I say it's good to have differentiation in the Arsenal. It's interesting to see different styles of play that Manning wants to introduce and Chris Hogg wants to introduce the rest of the coaching team doing that state. And uh, yeah, I mean, I say, as Ross said it, I think if Darling's back, it's going to be an interesting point of conversation come Saturday, which which formation we do see. Uh, but I'll be very surprised if um, Harry's thrown back into the, the deep end in terms of the, the, the strikers that Wickham do have. Um, he hasn't played in a little while, but we'll see. We'll see. Well, one thing right. I would say is, I think it's a lot easier to, I think it's a lot easier to drop Theo or drop Troy than it is to drop Was or Dean Lewington. Because for me, Was has been last six, seven games, unreal. He's really stepped up in a backline that's had to change a few, quite a few times. You know, Kios, he's been playing with Kios, so then he's been playing with Watson, and then he's been playing with Baldwin a few times. So yeah, it's all changed, but Was is the one constant there, and he, he's really starting to. Just, just ramp it up a bit now. We're really happy for him. Yeah, most definitely. He's been one of the standouts. And when he hasn't, hasn't needed, he's really grown into that central centre-back role, including the, the two previous games. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, Joe. And I think the nice thing is with the 4-3-1 for me is that the full-backs in Harvey and Watson mostly do, best, well, do what they're best at, and that's defending for me. I think I think the stats show that from last night, and we kind of just allow the front four of Theo, Troy, Twiney, and Isis to do what they do best. Obviously, we all saw the key passing numbers, and of course, Mo probably should have scored in the night uh, for the Burton game. And um, yeah, and they can overlap, they can do overlapping runs. We've seen it with Tanai and Dan previously, um, but for me, I do look quite like the structure of the four defenders, and then McKechnie and Coventry, and the front four doing their own thing. I don't know what uh, your thoughts are on the fullbacks. How they utilize Ross, but it'd be it'd be great to know. I'm I'm the opposite. I prefer them when they're um in when we play three at the back. I feel Harvey. Um, I think we saw against AFC. Um, Watson. He got so high, he was actually influencing the play. And I believe he got the assist for O'Reilly's goal. Um, against AFC. Um, I feel like they get in a lot of dangerous areas. But as you say, Liam, if we're playing a team who can counter attack us. We're quite vulnerable. Um, but yesterday, as we say, we, we didn't really uh, get challenged at the back as much as we, we first thought. Um, but there's, as, as I said about the formations, there's pros and cons to both arguments. But with me, is I, I prefer to score goals. And um, obviously, everyone wants to score goals. But um, I'd rather score four and concede three instead of only win 1-0 sort of thing. 
I, I'm more of a thrill person. So I'm going to pick three at the back um, just because it suits the wing-backs, I feel, a lot more. Yeah, everyone loves the thrill, mate. You know, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, Joe, I don't know what your four, thoughts are on the four-two-three-one in terms of like the full-backs, but yeah, it'd be, I'm interested to hear it. Yeah, I think the actual personnel probably do suit... Uh, a back four better you know I mean Daniel Harvey would slide tackle his nan for three points so you know he loves to defend and um, I, I think with tonight we've seen him do both elements really well and I think it's you know with tonight is the attacking side of his game which because let's face it at the start of the season it for, for I think for a lot of people it was Pete was number one by far at right wing back but then in the last sort of six to eight weeks, you know, if tonight's in the team, no one's like, oh, great, Pete's out. You know, they're like, all right, cool. Yep, tonight. Yep, he's doing a great job. Good on him. You know, and everyone's getting behind him. And I think he, he's, he's made marked improvements from the start of the season. So, yeah, I think tonight, I think he can do both quite very well. I think Harvey's a very good left back and I think he's an all right wing back. Um so, yeah, I think um, either or, really. Um, and like I say, I think maybe it's, this is a thing now where we switch depending on the opposition. You know, maybe if we're expecting the opposition to sit back, maybe we play that 4-2-3-1 and you've almost got, you know, rather than three centre-backs, you've only got the two. So it means you can just push more men forward, perhaps. So, um, yeah, it's all I'll say is, again, it's good that, it's good that Liam Manning has options. Yep, options are always good. No matter what formation, positions, always good, always good. Right, on to on to the weekly. Obviously not the last one, but the penultimate um sort of transfer update part of the podcast. Only the uh, the one arrival, the one departure to talk about uh, this week. So it's a pretty boring one. Uh and, and actually the departure we kind of spoke about a lot last week, but it's now been confirmed. Uh Matt O'Reilly's departed for Celtic in a seven-figure deal, uh, with you know, more than likely add-on add-on clause when he moves on from Celtic in, included in that. Uh, boys, obviously, we spoke a lot about Matt O'Reilly and his wonders for not only our podcast, but every other podcast and radio station under the sun this week. So um, I'm sure every, our views on it all are probably not updated at all. But Ross, uh, your sort of final words on O'Reilly leaving for Scotland? All I can really say is I wish him all the best and uh, let's hope he prospers um, as much as he did on and uh, um, us and um, let's hope he has a uh, massive transfer fee and gets sold on and we reap the rewards yeah yeah starting tonight against Hearts um, in the league obviously big game for them looking to chase Rangers for the title Joe thoughts on O'Reilly confirming his departure Um, well in the words of Pep Guardiola we will never replace him we can't and uh, you know I think that you know I I dare Liam Sweeten to try and find someone that is anywhere this good at at you know an affordable price that's willing to come to MK Dons. He's you know we've been lucky to have him for the best part of the year, and you know we've seen some absolutely tremendous stuff from him. And you know I think it's all about now other pe- people stepping up in his absence. And uh, you know I'm sure I, I trust the I trust the staff at the club to replace him and. You know, what a great opportunity for him. And as Ross said, you know, a couple of years smashing it up in Scotland and in Europe and then uh, 
a nice big transfer to a Premier League club, a juicy sell-on fee for us. That, yeah, that'll suit me nicely. Yeah, 100% take that, 100%. As we know, it's a, it's a big couple of days left in transfer window for the Dons. Looking to get a lot of players in. Manning's, well, Manning's basically promised us incomings. Um, but one player who's come in before those comments came out is Connor Wickham. Obviously played the last couple of games. Um, striker who's, you know, former Premier League, uh, was championship earlier in the season for Preston. Didn't play too much and he got released about a week before he signed for the Dons on a deal to end of the season. Obviously, we've seen him for two games now, gents, and both sub appearances. Of course, he had a big part to play against Burton. Joe, what, what are your thoughts on him so far and his signing overall? Um, at first, I kind of was like, I, I almost looked at the same as I looked at the McEachern deal and the fact that, you know, if if this, if this kind of Wickham is fit and can stay fit for 30 games of the season, he's not playing in League One. That's, you know, that is a fact. Um, he's got, you know, Premier, he's got a decent record in the Premier League. It's not like he's just scored two or three in the Premier League. He's been in the Premier League for the last 10 years or so. Um, he's only 28 as well. So, you know, it's not all it's not all doom and gloom. And I think that from what we've seen of him, you know, yes, he's a big guy. But like some of the flicks and the touches and the hold-up play, I haven't seen that from a Duns player for a very long, maybe since Chuck's and EK perhaps, but you know, like the actual hold up and strength that he's got. And then more importantly, the actual quality. So like, for instance, that header against for, for Twine for that goal. Yeah. Okay. The, the, it got intercepted by the defender, but you know, he was, he was falling backwards and he managed to get it in the right sort of vicinity for then Twine to, to, to get a shot away. And I think that's just, you know, it's a different option. And I think it's, it's someone that, if you can get consistent minutes out of, you know, he, he might not even score that many, but if he could, I think he'll be quite an influential character. And also I did speak about getting some, you know, more senior pros in the team. So I think it's just good for the balance as well in the squad. So, um, so yeah, happy with the signing. And look, if it doesn't work out and he's sat on our bench for, and he's sat in the treatment room, sorry, well, he's gone in July and I doubt he's going to be on absolutely mega wages either. So yeah, good business, I guess. Yeah, I mean, worked in the Manning previously. Admittedly, it was youth football, but I, th- I think it still counts. Um, for me, I say he's a, technically he's got a third assist and he should have had a goal in thirty six minutes of football. So, if, you, if you're asking for more than that, then I'll be very, I'll be very interested to see look at your demand to other things. But I think Ross, I think the biggest thing for me is that he offers a different dimension to what we have up front already. Obviously, if Mo is the player who we're looking to use in link up play, one on one situations. Whereas Wickham, if we need to, we can, as we saw against Burton or Tate, kind of slump up to him and possibly Haram, get him to bully some players and, of course, leave it as far need to do the rest. I don't like to call it Russell lumping Russell Martin up. is turning in his grave. Yeah, I well. don't like to call it lumping up top. I, I'd rather call it a bit of direct football, like Wickham call it. Um, it's the same thing, mate. I, I think, um, yeah, of course it is. Um, you mentioned, that obviously, the different dimension. I, I feel... If Wickham's on and we're tr- trying to chase a goal, I feel like, especially from corners, free kicks, he's a threat in the box. And I know um, Darling is a huge. I-, I feel like he's huge miss at set pieces because a lot of the time he does get on the end of them. Um, so he obviously adds that dimension. But I think just obviously stepping back um, from the transfer, um, I feel the experience he carries is going to be huge in our squad. Yes, we mentioned we've got. What Theo, who's what nineteen, I believe, um, 
the way, Connor, Connor Coventry, um, Tanai, yeah, he's more senior. Um, Warren, 22, Cumming, 22. Uh, we've got loads of young players, and I feel like Connor Wickham, even if he only passes on a line, it's better than nothing at the end of the day. And if we are going to mount a promotion push, you you want that senior figure in, involved in the squad, um, passing on their knowledge. And at the end of the day, as Joe just said, it's a low-risk signing in my eyes. We can get rid of him in the summer if it doesn't work out. And, um, yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah, very happy signing seeing that. I think it was, was it Friday night? Was it Friday night? I think it was, wasn't it? I believe so. I might be. Yeah, because I, I was on the way to Watford Norwich. So I think it must have been. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah, yeah. Lovely little Friday night signing there. Um, and yeah, pretty happy with that. Five like, p.m. Four... It was. Yeah, it was five. Uh, the, the classic. The classic five p.m. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think I read that one just yet. Five p.m. Friday signing. He loves them. He loves them. Um, yeah. I mean, hopefully we have a lot more talk about next week in terms of transfers. I'm sure we will. Um, but until then. That's it for now. And we'll take a little break. But when we come back, we will chat everything Wickham ahead of the big Buckinghamshire derby. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing. So we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search Fan Hub app to play your part in the journey. Right, boys, Saturday off to lovely High Wickham to play uh, a team we're all too familiar with, Wickham Wanderers. Uh, of course, a team we beat earlier in the season at our, at our place. had another team looking to get uh, six out of six points wise this season. Joe, I believe you are taking us through Wickham this evening. So um, take it away, mate. Yeah, thank you very much, Liam. Um, yeah, Wickham Wanderers. Uh, I think, yeah, we've had some good games over the last couple of years. Uh, and I think uh, Saturday has the potential to, to be the same also. Um, Wickham so far, you know, they've been having a good season, just like the Dons. They've currently um, they've played 28 games, same as MK. Um, they've won 15, drawn seven and lost six. So, um, and, and they currently sit on 52 points, three points ahead of MK. So, you know, I think that just shows how close the teams are. And if a win... Uh, does come for the Dons on Saturday. It means we would actually leap from the leapfrog them on uh, goal difference. We've uh, scored a goal more and conceded a goal less than Wickham this season. Um, so yeah, it's it, you know as well as being a, a like you say a local game, it's also a game that's you know really does have some bearing in terms of the promotion picture. And maybe the loser of this game has you know is maybe out of the automatic promotion shout potentially, um, whereas the winner could maybe you know, really start to push on. Um, in charge, of course, for, you know, what seems like, I think it, may, it must be near in 10 years now, Gareth Ainsworth is in charge. Uh, what a phenomenal job he's been doing at Wickham and uh, he continues to do so, really. Um, although, you know, in recent times for Wickham, they've not been too great. They've um, they lost their last game against uh, against Morecambe 3-2, a uh, game in which I believe they're actually um, leading um, but before that, they then beat Oxford 2-0. And we've seen what, what a good team Oxford are. So just goes to show that they do have their off days, but when they're on it, they, they really are on it. And they recently had a 3 draw at home to Sunderland as well. So just showing again that they can mix it with the big boys. And, you know, by no means is this going to be an easy game. Um, they currently have the, the second, uh, the fourth best home record in the league. 
Uh, they've only lost twice at home in 13, uh, but they have conceded a few goals um, at home. And, you know, speaking of away for, uh, of form uh, at home or away, our away form is second best in the league. Only Wigan, the current league leaders, actually have a better away form than what we do. So, again, just goes to show that, you know, it, it, it's uh, two real quality teams coming up against each other and in what could be a very pivotal, pivotal game. Uh, Wickham, as I say, Wickham, you know, I think if you think of what Wickham normally would be, you'd think hard to beat, don't concede many goals, like to keep it tight. But actually, they've conceded a fair few goals this season, 33, and they've actually conceded the fifth most shots in the league. Um, I'm not really sure why that is or how or anything like that. But, it, you know, it is, a, it is a trend that, you know, if we if, if you're letting us take quite a few shots against you, then, then uh, you know, hopefully we can take advantage of that. Uh, in terms of expected goals, um, they they come up uh, quite well in open play, sixth best in the league, uh, whereas the Dons sit fourth. Uh, and from set pieces, uh, their XG is the second highest in the league. Uh, only Rotherham are better, whereas Dons sit towards the lower end of the table. Uh, uh, in terms of the XG conceded, uh, from open play, it's actually the fourth highest which I was really surprised to see. So it, it really is quite a puzzling thing about how, you know, how they, they really are um, conceding this many chances. Uh, it, 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 I'm not actually sure how or why, but yeah, there we go. Um, and then, yeah, so in, in summary, I think they're a team that can be got at, but they're a team that are, are packed with quality. And one thing with Wickham is I think they just know how to win. They've been there before a couple of years ago. I mean, I know they were, I think, eighth when they actually did get promoted controversially somewhat. Um, but, you know, they have been there and, and been in these sorts of positions before. And I think sometimes with the squad that they've got being one of the oldest in the league, they do have that experience and they know when to, you know, right, if they're one, they know when to just shut down, shut it down and, and, uh, and see the game out. So... Yeah, you know, our quite youthful team against quite an experienced team, but two really quality teams going at it, and us one, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic game. Obviously, a lot of Dons fans come in. I believe it's over 1,100 as, as we're speaking. Obviously, some excellent work gone in by Dons actions to get the game going. Um, luckily enough, we've been given majority of the stand by Wickham to be able to go. So, yeah, it's going to be a great atmosphere on the day. Um, obviously, Joe, you mentioned our away from there being second in the league, only to Wigan. Why do we think we've, we're doing so well away from home this season? Because obviously in past seasons, we've struggled away from home. And maybe different management, of course, different situations. But Ross, why do, you, why do you think we're so good away from home this year compared to previous? Um, I, I, I do feel like away from home, and I know Stadium MK, you can you can call it this and that, but maybe the pressure's not as much away from home. Um, we, we don't feel like... Um, if we do make mistakes, the, there's not an element of pressure there, maybe. But um, I don't feel like there's any real issue about it because of if we're looking at earlier on in the season, our home form was actually better than our way. So um, I think it's just obviously just rotated and it's just the other way around. Yes, I'm slightly concerned, um, obviously dropping points at home, but... At the end of the day, I don't feel like it's some something which needs to obviously be addressed. Yes, we're losing against Donny, but we had the similar situation a few years back where Southend took like six points off us. So um, 
in terms of obviously our home form uh, being worse than our away form, I think, yeah, it's just, I, I guess it's just down to uh, pressure. Anything to add on that, Joe? Yeah, I, I really do think that actually when teams are at home, and I think Russ Martin spoke about it last year, you know, teams are, you know, when they've got fans watching them, they're not going to sit back in a low block like they did during lockdown. And you look at teams this year, you know, their home teams are going to come at you. And Morecambe did that and we punished them. You know, I think of, um, you know, crew, they tried to come out, they tried to play. You know, they weren't camped back in their own half. They couldn't because could you imagine the home crowd and how they'd be, wrecked, be reacting? Uh, Portsmouth, you know, they, they were attacking from minute one and we managed to, you know, re- take advantage and get two goals. So I think that that is one of the one of the reasons. Obviously, you've got your exceptions like Doncaster away and Shrewsbury, but I think on the whole, you know, teams are, 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 aren't really happy to sit in at home. And just another quick just trend I noticed um, ahead of the game, and I do think it's a bit worrying. You know, I know we have dropped these points to like Doncaster and Shrewsbury. They're the only games we've lost in against teams from below 10th, 10th and below. We've only actually won two games against the teams that are the current top nine. That was Wickham, which was against 10 men, and Wigan Athletic away. And Wigan actually have... Um, I think the 11th best home record in the league. So it's not as if they're blowing teams away at the DW. So for me, that is more worrying than dropping points against maybe um, like smaller teams is the fact that actually when we're coming up against teams that have a similar ability to us, you know, we've, uh, so against the top nine teams, we've won two, drawn two and lost three. So yeah, only one, two, uh, is that eight? No, seven. Uh, yeah, only winning two and seven. You know, maybe if you know if 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 all of a sudden we got a draw at Sunderland, uh, a draw at home to Sunderland instead of losing, or a draw to Oxford instead of losing, all of a sudden the table really does shift around a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and I think you look at a lot of those games. Obviously, certain situations pop up. Um, obviously, Oxford we had half a squad missing. Um, obviously, Ipswich, which every Wednesday was a last minute comeback from them. Um, but yeah, and I suppose the biggest, the well, the biggest thing between us now and then is that we have better players. I generally think this is the best squad we've had since the promotion season to the championship. I think it's definitely the best quality we've had since then. Um, so the fact is that, yeah, listen, we've got got good players. We've got good players, and that's not Chelsea to say to that. Um, also, the interesting fact that Joe didn't mention from. Uh, Wickham is that they had the highest direct speed in the whole league, so they're not going to waste their time, you know, passing around the, the sort of the, the 10 plus passing sequences. Actually, on seven for the season in terms of 10 plus passing sequences, there's an Lufit up to Lufit, Hoofit up to uh, Sam Vokes and whoever's up top, and they yeah, try and create chances through that with the likes of Gareth McClary will be loving. I thought that was a bit of a given, so I, I, I did leave that out. Yeah, well, well, you know, I've got to mention it because if you don't mention it, then people will, people will get on to us, mate. But, um, yeah, I mean, speaking of Gareth O'Cleary, Ross, is he in your key players to watch on Saturday? Yeah, he's very much live wire of this Wickham team. I feel he's got a similar role to what um, Harness had at Pompey. Everything pretty much goes through him. Um and his his stats obviously reflect that he's got six goals this season. Um, 
And yes, he plays in the advanced role now, um, they, but he can play in several positions. I know um, Ainsworth's put him out on the wing a few times. Um, but also, he's he got, I believe he's got five assists this season also. So um, he's definitely someone to watch. But um, obviously, I, I believe um, Sam Vokes is injured. Um, so that's a huge uh, miss for them, I believe, this uh, weekend. He hasn't played um, for the last two weeks, I believe now. So um, someone who's got eight goals and obviously he's got the calibre of playing for Burnley in the Prem. Um, yeah, it's going to be certainly a big miss for them. Be interesting to see whether they play um, Akin Fenwar or Brandon Halland up top, but we'll see on the day. Well, they, they played both against Morecambe in their, in their 3-2 defeat. It was a, I think it was a 3-4-2-1. So it was Akin Fenwar up top. Uh, then handling the McCleary in behind. So that could be what they do against us. It, it, it would make sense, but hey, who knows? We'll see. Ainsworth's a strange man, so he does strange things. Anyway, on to... <laughs> well, it's true. It's true. He's a strange man. Um, on on yeah. to score predictions. Um, how do you think it's going to go, boys? Obviously, probably our biggest away backing of the season. I think that's guaranteed to happen on Saturday. Obviously, lot of support for the boys on the pitch. How do you think they're going to get on? Will they, will they keep the away form going? Ross, what do you reckon? Um, it's a very tough one. Obviously, Wickham, Wickham um, they're undefeated in their last five home games. Um, so, But our away form's obviously up there. So I'm probably I'm probably going to edge towards more of a one-all. Um, we tend to obviously when we take good following away, we tend to uh, dis- disappoint. I'm not. I don't want to jinx it, but normally we disappoint the fans. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm gonna go with a one-all draw. Okay, okay, I like it. Well, I like it to some extent. At least not losing. Uh, Joe, what do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going for one-all as well. Wickham are and no mugs, um, but then again, neither are we. Um, we're not particularly at our strongest in terms of squad depth. So in all honesty, there's not really much Manning can change around with the team. But, you know, we, we, we've been... I actually, um, I've got a statistic for you quickly. In the last six games, um, we've had, I believe it was 131 shots we've had. We've only actually conceded, I think, 60 or so. And to me, that just shows, you know, we're playing well. You know, it's just, you know, the goals will come. We, if we just keep playing well, the goals will come. And I'm confident of that. And so I think we'll score, but I think they'll score as well. So I'm going one all also. I think you've always been too negative, you know. Listen, Manning's, Manning's played two games against Hainworth, won, won both. Won the last three meetings against Wickham. We've scored first in four of the last five games. No, yeah, both teams will score. I do think that will happen. But I think we're going to win. I'm going to go 2-1. So, yeah, I reckon we'll take three points here. I think I think seeing us on Saturday, Saturday, Tuesday, sorry, not definitely not Saturday, uh, Tuesday, um, I think will give us a confidence, especially if it's a similar team, which I think it will be, uh, barring any signings. Um, yeah, I fancy chances, especially against Akifemura up front. He can't, he can barely move. So, yeah, I think we've got a good chance there. So, yeah, I'll only go 2-1, Dons. That round of episode quite nicely episode 29 of the mk1 podcast thank you as always listening hopefully see you on saturday i know there's a lot of us down there so if you do spot us come and say hello 
Uh, and until then, come, come on, buy us a drink. And buy us a drink, yes. Come on, you don't, and get us a drink. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.